Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. We all know it's important to eat healthy during pregnancy. It benefits both you and your baby. But eating healthy isn't always easy, especially when you get those crazy food cravings like pickles and ice cream. I'm Leanne Webster, founder of 52 Healthy Weeks, providing fitness coaching and nutrition for women. Today we're going to reveal the top 10 foods to eat while pregnant. This is Preggy Pals, episode 27. Um, is that a plus sign? Pink or blue? Hospital or home birth? What type of food should I be eating? I think I just peed myself. I'm pregnant and I have to exercise? What pregnancy glow? Wait, was that a contraction? (laughs) Gotta make these pants fit! I've got cankles! What do you mean there's more than one? You've got the symptoms, and now you've got the support you need for a happy nine months. This is Preggy Pals, your pregnancy, your way. Welcome to Preggy Pals, broadcasting from the Birth Education Center of San Diego. I'm your host, Sunny Galt. Have you joined our Preggy Pals Club yet? This is an exclusive membership, and it gives you access to all of our archived episodes, written transcripts of the shows, plus some bonus interviews. I know some of you probably wonder what happens when our tapings are over, our interviews are over. Well, we are keeping the mics open for another five minutes after our show. But all this is only available if you are one of our members. So you can access all this information on the web or through our Preggy Pals app. If you want some more information, visit preggypals.com. Let's introduce our panelists. And Stephanie, let's start with you. Hi, I'm Stephanie Sawfeld. I'm 29. I am a gemologist due January 9th. Uh, it's my first child, a girl, and we are having a hospital birth. Hi, I'm Christine Stewart Fitzgerald. I'm 40. <laughs> I know, that's the 40. pause. <laughs> I've got uh, twin girls at home who are three years old, and uh, now we're having number three. It looks like a girl, another girl, and um, I'm actually due tomorrow. So we'll see <laughs> wow. how that works out. Fingers crossed it doesn't we, happen in this episode. Yes. <laughs> I'll let you know. <laughs> okay. Thank yeah. you. Okay. I'm Veronica Miranda. I'm 31. I'm a graduate student in anthropology at the University of Kentucky. This is my first baby. I'm um, three months. Oh, my due date is um, April 18th, and I don't know the gender yet of my baby, and it will be a hospital birth abroad. My name is Rachel Adams Gonzalez. I am 29. I am a product rep for doTERRA Essential Oils. I am due April 10th. Um, I have a two and a half year old son. We had a um, birthing center water birth with him and we're going for a home birth this time around. And hopefully we'll find out next week um, the sex of baby number two. Okay, thank you ladies. Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the must not take yourself too seriously, and 6-1 since that matters, and what do I even say other than, hey? <sighs> well, that's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble, with exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. 
Okay, Preggy Pals, grab your guy. We have a brand new segment launching this week, and it is all about the dads. Here's Dr. Danny Singley. Hi, Preggy Pals. My name is Dr. Daniel Singley. I'm a licensed clinical psychologist specializing in men's issues and founder of Basic Training for New Dads. Let's take a couple minutes to focus on how expectant couples and parents of newborns can keep your relationship strong during the third and fourth trimesters. The birth of a first child often results in a temporary decrease in relationship satisfaction, but there are a variety of very straightforward steps that new parents and parents-to-be can take in order to keep their relationship strong, and the key is to be proactive rather than waiting until frustration has turned to resentment. I've developed a cheat sheet for expectant parents, which gives moms and dads ways to be proactive about managing some of the issues that can result in problems in their relationship during the transition to parenthood. First, Expectant dads, you should take point on looking for a pediatrician. Interview mom to find out what she's looking for and let her know any preferences that you might have. Then make the rounds to gather information so you can collaborate together about picking the right pediatrician. This is a great way to help mom out and to be closely involved with your baby's well-being from the get-go. Also, dads, you take the lead on initiating a regular weekly 10 to 15 minute summit meeting. To check in with each other. The goal is to connect with each other and see how you're doing, not to do family business. Resist the urge to do business. The idea is to connect. That might not even directly involve talking about the baby. Hardwire this into your weekly schedule before the baby comes, otherwise you're unlikely to do it. Finally, fight fair. Conflict is a normal and even healthy part of any relationship so long as it's handled productively. I strongly recommend all expectant parents to get and read the book, Making Marriage Work for Dummies by Drs. Stephen and Sue Simring, specifically chapters three and four on communication and conflict management. Thank you very much for listening, and I hope this information is helpful. I'm Dr. Daniel Singley at NewDadsClass.com, and be sure to keep listening to Preggy Pals for more tips on how new dads can optimize their transition to parenthood. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, to get 20, 20, 20, to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So, Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. All right, today we are revealing the top 10 foods to eat while pregnant. Leanne Webster is a fitness and nutrition coach. Her company, 52 Healthy Weeks, specifically focuses on the needs of women. Leanne, welcome to Preggy Pals. Thank you. I'm excited to be here. Yeah, with all of us pregnant. Well, I'm not pregnant anymore. <laughs> I still feel like an honorary member. You guys make me feel like I'm pregnant. <laughs> okay. In, in a good way. <laughs> okay. <laughs> but a good way. Yeah. <laughs> it depends, I guess. Um, let's break down this top 10 list. We're going to talk about the easy ways. Um, we can also prepare some of these foods, too. We're going to talk about how it benefits mom, how it benefits baby, and uh, how we can get these into our diet, which is sometimes difficult to do, right? So um, I know you came up with this list for us. So, and, and this isn't in any particular order, right? These Not are at just all. top 10 yep. in general. Yep. Okay, let's start with the first one. We said dark leafy greens. Uh, yeah, well, the thing about dark leafy greens is that they're very high in folic acid. And um, foods that are high in folic acid will uh, help to prevent neural tube defects in the baby. In fact, there's a 70% decrease in um, babies that are born to mothers that have very high folic acid levels. 
So it's really, really important to make sure that even if you're in uh, childbearing age, you want to be really, really taking in a lot of um, folic acid. So is that more important in earlier pregnancy, like in the beginning? So it's really important uh, prior to getting pregnant and then the first three months of pregnancy. Yep, very important. All right. So how are you guys getting these dark leafy vegetables in your diet? Is anyone, uh, you know, not doing it as much? Anyone want to admit that? (laughs) I admit I'm probably not. I'm doing a lot of like spinach salads. That's great. Yeah, like raw spinach, obviously. Raw raw spinach, yes. And of course, my my husband likes to load up on the the bacon with it. But But yeah. But you know, now I have to say, you know, I go into the, the, the big stores and, you know, I see they're doing like the Vitamix or the you know the big the blender right demos and so I've always been curious like the big thing I hear is um doing like smoothies and putting in kale and spinach oh, yeah. and that sort yeah of thing. so actually that is something that my um husband though he's not pregnant um <laughs> but very very conscious of his diet he uh does a smoothie almost daily and um he throws in usually almond milk blueberries um banana and kale and you know what? It tastes pretty good. Can you even taste the kale? No. That's what I've noticed. No, yeah. you can't yeah, taste can't the kale. Taste you know what I found to be very um, helpful, especially with my son, is throwing in frozen spinach because you can mm-hmm. easily get that oh, in a right. smoothie, and um, you don't. You definitely don't taste spinach. I throw it in everything. How yep. much are you putting in? Oh, I put like a, a full handful. Okay. Yeah, when frozen, I mean that's like pretty condensed. Right. So sure. Yeah, I mean, I put it in everything. I put it in my salsas. I, I make a lot of Mexican food, so I make a lot of salsa that I put on everything. I'll throw it in. If I have a bowl of beans, I always have a pot of beans going. I put, okay. and, you know, fresh baby spinach, that wilts immediately, so that's easy right. to throw in everything. So you can hide this. Yeah. Pretty yeah, that's what we're saying, saying basically. <laughs> Easily. Yeah. So I have um, a, a couple great ideas. Um I've been making a, a pesto from scratch, and if you're vegan, I don't even put cheese in my pesto, so... Um, it's just olive oil, basil, spinach, and walnuts, and mm. and then I salt it. Oh, and, and I'm sorry, fresh garlic. Um, it's delicious, and y- it's so much spinach. Uh, very, very good for you. And then the other thing that I make is a Swiss chard tart. Hmm. So it's a, and I'd be happy to post that yeah, recipe, Sunny. Yeah, we should do that. Um, but it's a combination of spinach, Swiss chard, and then um, eggs. And you can either make a traditional um, tart crust with flour, or if you happen to be gluten free, I also have a recipe to do it with almonds. You said um, we were you were talking about smoothies, and yes. I'm actually a big juicer. Uh huh. And I juice like beet greens and yep. things. Would it be better? But I'm there's always a debate, juicers versus smoothies. You know, if you're doing greens and juicing them, is it just as beneficial as if I'm putting them in a smoothie? Actually, beet greens are very, very good for you, and they're very high in folic acid as well. Um, I'd say do what's working for you, and if you've been juicing and it's working for you, then keep doing it. Yeah, and just throw in some kale and spinach. I've heard of using kale, and um, I've never done this, but literally getting it, putting it on like a cookie sheet or something, throwing some sea salt on it and cooking it up like in in the oven just real quick. I and do that all the time. So okay. Yummy. Yeah, isn't it? You, mm-hmm. You've tried it too. Yeah. It's addicting. Okay. Chips. And it's like chips. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I'll usually, like if you're measuring it out, it's um, one uh, bunch of kale and uh, one eighth of a cup of olive oil, okay. and I just toss it and throw in some sea salt. 
and maybe a little bit of fresh garlic, and then you bake it uh, for 25 for about 20 minutes. Wow. And if you haven't seen at Trader Joe's, they have like pre-chopped kale, which is my big pet peeve with kale is that you have to cut the vein out and chop it up and it's it's so much more work. I didn't realize that. Okay. Yeah. Oh, I actually don't cut the vein out. Oh, I, 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 well, I put in eggs. I put it, you know, my son will spit it out. (laughs) (laughs) And, you know, I usually get the farmer's market where the veins like, you know, the dime size and diameter. (laughs) Right. (laughs) Okay. So let's move on. Sweet potatoes. Um, I love sweet potatoes. I mean, I just think that they are one of uh, nature's best foods. And what I really like about them for women who are pregnant is that they're very, very high in vitamin A. And vitamin A is really essential just for creating a baby. But one thing a lot of people don't realize is that after giving birth, it's very helpful for tissue repair with the mother. Hmm. And I, I'll just leave the tissue repair to <laughs> Use your imagination on that so one. So it's your, your postpartum your uh, recovery post- recipe. Your, <laughs> yes, yes. And um, with my clients, one of the suggestions that I often have for those who are not um, lactose intolerant or who are not vegan is to take a, bake, uh, a sweet potato, bake it at about uh, 375 for an hour, and then you top it with a little bit of cottage cheese. So you're getting, and I know, everybody gives me a weird look, and then they call me the next day, and they say, okay, I'm addicted. <laughs> I really like cottage cheese, actually, and I usually typically like add some sort of fruit to mm-hmm. it if I want to make it sweeter, but I never thought about adding it to a vegetable. Yep. Wow. It's real good. And then um, another quick, easy thing with sweet potatoes is just um, dice them up, uh, throw in some diced garlic and uh, rosemary and a little bit of sea salt, and toss them with some olive oil and throw them in the oven um, bake them for uh, about 45 minutes. Hmm. Really good. Kids love them too. I have a question. Is that, um, how does that compare to like winter squashes? We're coming up to the season that like butternut squash and pumpkins, um, really, they fall into the same, like you're getting similar nutritional value. Great question. Uh, you're getting great nutritional value in those, um, in those types of produce. However, the thing that um, makes uh, sweet potatoes so good is their bright, vivid orange color, which would also be in pumpkins, and that's from the beta carotene. Right. So um, with your yellow squashes, you're not going to be getting as much of that beta carotene vitamin A benefit. Well, pumpkin and butternut squash are two of my most favorite things on the planet, so that's <laughs> what I was asking. <laughs> but you could do like a pumpkin butternut squash soup. Yeah, I've already roasted four pumpkins, and it's how many days into October? <laughs> <laughs> Overachiever. <laughs> I know, you sound I'm just like addicted. You're, you're in the kitchen all day. <laughs> yeah, I pretty much am. <laughs> okay, yogurt. Okay, so uh, the thing with yogurt is that um, it's very high. It, it can be very high in calcium. Um, what you need to do, though, is really pay attention to the labels. Um, yogurt can have up to 25% of your daily calcium. However, there are some that will maybe only have 10%. The key, though, is finding one that has a higher percentage of calcium and a lower percentage of sugar. Because what I've noticed is, um, without naming, I don't want to put down any specific brands, but when I'm shopping for my son, I'll notice that some of the yogurts that are really high in calcium are also like 28 to 30 grams of sugar. That's really, really high, especially for a toddler or when you're pregnant. Mm-hmm. So um, I I like the Greek yogurts. They they tend to be a little bit lower in calcium. They're usually around 15 to 20%, but they're also lower in sugar. 
Um, and I also suggest that people just buy the non-fat plain yogurt and then sweeten it up with a little bit of agave or honey because then at least you're controlling the sugar. Mm-hmm. Now, doesn't also Greek yogurt have a higher protein content? It does. Okay. It does. Yes. So that's another thing that's beneficial if you're pregnant. Um, and the thing, uh, one of the reasons that calcium is so good is because uh, as you're ending your pregnancy, it helps in the development of milk. And um, in the beginning of your pregnancy, it helps in the baby's uh, formation of bones and teeth. Do you have any particular thoughts on um, non-fat versus low-fat versus full-fat? Does it really make any difference? I mean, as far as nutritional content goes in uh, Um, vitamins? As far as nutritional content, I do not have a good answer on that. I've never compared the labels. Um, Though I would say that nutritionally, they're probably similar. You know, I, I mean, yogurt is from a cow in most cases. There can be goat's yogurt, but um, and and that does contain saturated fat, and saturated fat can clog your arteries down the road. So I would always say, when it comes to yogurt, go more towards the non-fat or the lower-fat yogurt. Okay. I struggled with yogurt with my last pregnancy because um, I had gestational diabetes, mm. and I really struggled to find one that didn't have so much sugar in it. I right. know we just had this sugar discussion, but um, I, I knew it was important for me to get that. You yep. know, and what I ended up doing is just going with the the smaller versions right. of the yogurt because you know you can get the huge right. containers of yogurt, or you can get smaller ones. Right. And actually, you know, we were talking about Trader Joe's, and they actually do sell some some pretty good ones that mm-hmm. I found. I can't remember what the number was, but I was looking very specific. You know, when, when you have gestational diabetes, you are looking at labels left and right. Right. You know, and um, that really helped me. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, okay. Walnuts. You know, walnuts, I believe, are, are one of the best foods that you can eat. Now, now, granted, they they do have a lot of fat, but it's good fat. So just don't even worry about it. Um, I like walnuts because they're really high in omega-3 fatty acids. And there's so much research that's currently going on right now, um, but a couple things that they're finding is that babies that are born to mothers that had a diet high in omega-3s um, have less food allergies and less eczema, and they also tend to do better developmentally in preschool and, and obviously moving on up. So I think it's just really high to pay, or really important to pay attention to having a diet high in omega-3s. Um, and, you know, when I was creating this list, the first thing you always go to is actually cold water fish um, because they tend to have a lot of omega-3s. But I also know that mercury is important to really pay attention to when you're pregnant. So that's why I ended up going with uh, walnuts. Flax seeds and chia seeds are very high in omega-3s. Um, Okay, and the next one is eggs. And actually, we had a question because I did post something on our Facebook page um, if people had questions, you know, prior to this interview. And we have a question from Jackie. She says, I have a question when it comes to eating eggs during pregnancy. I am not concerned about eating raw eggs, but what about products containing raw eggs, such as Caesar dressing, mayonnaise, and even some homemade ice creams? You know, I tend to err on the side of caution. (laughs) So I would say I would... I would avoid products that have raw eggs, um, but uh, I'm trying to think of it's listeria, right? Yeah, listeria. salmonella, salmonella, salmonella. Yeah, salmonella. Um, yeah I, I mean it's pretty rare, so I think it's kind of 
up to the individual to decide. Yeah. Did so, I did I eat raw cookie dough when I was pregnant? I did. <laughs> because you know what? I love making cookies. I love that you admitted that and yeah. you're a nutrition expert. Well, oh, fantastic. Are you kidding? <laughs> yes. Yes. I'm human. I'm I love nutrition, but I am a human person that loves cookies. And and you know, I have a confession as well in my first pregnancy, um, trying to get that protein intake. Uh, my kind of go-to thing was was making a uh, sort of a, a mock eggnog. Oh, oh, really? So I I did actually do a lot of raw eggs, and it was my <laughs> drink. I could get it down really fast. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, what are the benefit of eggs in general? Okay, what are we so for? so the reason I chose eggs was because I know that there's going to be you, you're going to have vegetarian listeners. Um, and a diet high in iron is incredibly important for a pregnant woman. Um, part of the reason is because your blood volume during pregnancy will increase by almost 50%. So uh, w- the iron produces hemoglobin. And hemoglobin is what transports oxygen throughout your body and to your baby's body. So that's why iron is so important. And egg yolks have a ton of iron. Hmm. So, okay. so um, that was kind of my thinking with the eggs. And um, I know we were talking about spinach earlier. And one of the things that I did a lot when I was pregnant was um, to make scrambled eggs. And I would throw in like a handful of chopped up spinach. Okay. And um, wrap it in a corn tortilla. That, that was, was kind of idea. my go-to thing that I ate all day long. <laughs> right. You're saying that, and I'm thinking, that sounds really good if you add salt. <laughs> oh! <laughs> because I'm a big salt person, whether or not I'm pregnant, and we actually got another question from another Facebook fan about salt and how much salt you should have. So I guess now is the appropriate time to, to bring sure. it up. Yeah. Sure. Um, you know, I'm going to be honest. I do not know the exact um, amount of milligrams that a pregnant woman should be eating. I can tell you that it's a one teaspoon for you know, your average adult, um, which per is day. per day, per hour, per day, 2,400 <laughs> milligrams. But what I'll tell you is that if you're eating a very natural diet and you add salt to what you're eating, I think you're going to be fine. The The problem with salt is with people who are eating a lot of processed foods. Oh. So they're buying a lot of like cam, sorry, I'm naming a product, but Campbell's soups or, um, Stouffer's pizza or anything super quick and easy that they throw into the microwave, that's where the salt's coming from. Okay. But when you're eating like a natural diet, which all these foods that I chose are very natural, right. I, I, I say add in the salt. Okay. You know, unless, of course, your doctor says you're, you have preeclampsia right. or high blood pressure, then, then your doctor will give you a recommendation. Okay. Mm-hmm. Makes sense. Okay. When we come back, we're going to wrap up our top 10 list. And we'll get some recommendations from Leanne on where to get some of these great recipes and perhaps put some of these up on our website so we can incorporate all these good foods in our diet. We'll be right back. If you're struggling to lose weight, you've probably heard about weight loss medications like Wigovi or ZepBound, and you might be wondering if they're right for you. Meet Plush Care, a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. If you qualify, they can safely prescribe you medication from the comfort of your own home. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. (laughs) 
All right, welcome back, everyone. We are talking about the top 10 foods to eat while pregnant. We're literally counting down this list of our top 10 foods. And with us is Leanne Webster of 52 Healthy Weeks. Um, and Leanne was generous enough to create this list for us. So let's continue with the rest of this list. We're talking now about kiwis. Okay. I like kiwis. I love kiwis. Yeah. I, I think um, kiwis are one of the best foods out there. And um, there's there's a lot of uh, great things about them. Um, they get their bright, vivid color from something called chlorophyll, which is very good for you. Um, they have six grams of fiber. Very, very important, especially for a pregnant woman. Um, and they also are very, very high in vitamin C. And the thing about vitamin C that's so important is that it is a necessary nutrient or vitamin um, for the, your body to actually be able to use iron and folic acid. Hmm. So um, definitely pay attention to vitamin C. I know that we all think, you know, vitamin C immunity, you know, prevent colds, but it also has that major role in your body. Um, uh, a quick thing, too. A lot of people don't eat kiwis because they're a pain to peel. They are. Okay, let me tell you. I will solve your problem right here. <laughs> Wash your kiwi, cut it in half, uh-huh. and scoop it out with a spoon. That's yeah. the only way I've ever done it. Yep. Yeah. Yep. And uh, a lot of people just don't. Or you can even, like, squeeze it out of the. Yeah. <laughs> so, I mean, I, I say everybody aim for, like, two kiwis a day. And right there you'll. Wow. You'll take. Well, you'll, you'll also get in almost half of the fiber that you need on a daily basis. That's amazing. And I, and I have a huge sweet tooth, so I love hearing stuff about, you know, kiwis and eat kiwis because to me that's naturally very sweet. Um, yeah. Another quick thing to do with kiwis is uh, this will be a common breakfast that I'll have before I work out. I'll chop up some kiwis, strawberries, a handful of walnuts, and a little bit of honey. Hmm. And, Yum. you know, you've got your omega-3s, your fiber, um, it, folic acid, uh, it's, you know, you're doing good. Yeah. All right, good. And avocados. Not everyone may have access to avocados. I kind of have to preface that. Oh, as as living in, in San Diego, we may be a little bit <laughs> you know, able to get the, yeah, the avocado <laughs> capital kind of thing. Um, but yeah, let's talk about it first, and then maybe some other alternatives. And actually, that's true. You're right. We are spoiled. But nowadays, um, across the country, they do have the packages of just pure avocado that comes in the um, refrigerated section. Okay. Um, but um, what I, you know, when we think of potassium, what what's the first thing that comes to bananas. mind? Bananas, right? Well, did you realize that bananas have more than 50% less potassium than avocados? Wow. Really? So, yeah. so it was a marketing thing. They got that, to think that <laughs> yes. in our heads. Yes, totally. <laughs> yeah. Um, but I, I love avocados because they're full of very healthy fat and um, they're very, very high in potassium. And potassium is really important um, because it helps to regulate your heart rhythm. And I don't know if any of you have experienced any irregular heartbeats being pregnant. I did. Um, but it definitely made a difference for me. And um, the other thing that they're finding is that women who have diets very high in potassium have a much lower rate of gestational diabetes. Mm. Some other foods that you can eat, though, if you don't have access to avocados would be um, bananas. You can throw them in a smoothie. Uh, You can throw them in oatmeal. Um, And then um, nuts also tend to be high in potassium. That's great to know. And I think avocados are also great for fiber. 
is a source of fiber as uh, well. They are a, a decent source of fiber. Yeah, yeah. I have to admit, you know, one of my go-to things is I just like to slice open avocado, put a little bit of salt on it. So sometimes I'll mix it with fresh tomatoes and just, yeah. that's simple, very yeah. simple, quick, yeah. fresh. Yeah, what else do you guys do with avocado? Well, I know, <laughs> Rachel, you use Mexican food probably a lot, right? Well, actually, um, I use it to make things, um, you know, like a, have a creamy consistency since we don't eat milk. Um, I use it to make salad dressings a lot. Okay. Um, I, I mean, I, I obviously put it in salsas. Um, I just chop it up and eat it. I just love avocado on everything. But um, but because it has that, like, creamy, fatty consistency, it's been a really great substitute for me for, um, you know, creams, basically. Oh, interesting. Mm-hmm. It also yeah. tastes really good um, on top of, like, veggie stir fries, mm-hmm. just to have slices of fresh avocado. Have you guys ever had it on pizza? Yes. Mm-hmm. Oh, that is so good. You should, I mean, <laughs> I, love I'm it. Not, I don't get really weird with my pizzas. I'm not a gourmet pizza girl, but I'm telling you what. Avocado <laughs> on pizza is really good. It's really uncommon in the U.S., but I've seen in Asian food, and it's actually really good um, smoothie, like sweet smoothies and desserts with avocado because yeah. it has that like creamy, fatty consistency that um, it's delicious. Okay, oatmeal, low sugar, no artificial sweeteners. So we're taking all the fun out of it. Really, I know. I'm so sorry. Well, here's the thing. If you make your oatmeal from scratch, then you can control your sugar. So if you don't have gestational diabetes and you want to put in a little bit of honey or agave, that's fine. But at least you know that you're controlling your sugar. Um, a lot of times in the prepackaged oatmeal, that they'll have between 10 to 20 grams of sugar in one serving of oatmeal. So that's why I suggest making it from scratch. And um some quick things that you can also do, you you can make it from scratch and um, you can make a big batch and then throw it in the crock pot and heat it on low, like keep it on low and um, put in chopped apples and other fruit. And then you have a delicious breakfast in the morning. Um, the other thing to remember about uh, oatmeal is that it's it's a very good gluten-free, complex carb. And I say gluten-free just because I know that that's really popular right now. So I want everyone to know they can still have oatmeal. Um, And really high in fiber. And another thing is that um, a lot of times my clients don't realize that the only form of fuel that your brain uses is carbohydrates. Hmm. So um, oatmeal is a great brain food too. Hmm. And it keeps you full. That's the thing I notice about oatmeal, which is nice if you're trying to lose weight. Right. If you're not lactose intolerant during your pregnancy, I always suggest making it with um, like 1% milk because why not up the calcium for the day? Um, It doesn't taste as good with water. Uh, I I like to make it with almond milk. Okay. And um, so... Yeah, I had to do that with gestational diabetes because mm-hmm. you could only have milk at certain times of the day right. and other times it's like right. almond milk. So I've yep. tried that. It's not bad. No, not at all. What about cream of wheat? My family was a big cream of wheat family. Is I, that? I love cream of wheat. Yeah. But, but the one thing, um, they do find that um, cream of wheat will raise your blood sugar a lot faster than oatmeal. Really? And part of that is because it's very low in fiber. So um, I would say go with oatmeal over cream of wheat, but, you know, nothing wrong with a treat every once in a while. <laughs> treat there, myself. Yeah, <laughs> yeah right? Yeah. I'm talking yeah. chocolate, Leanne. Well, you, I want I chocolate. <laughs> well, you could top it with, like, cream and brown sugar. That's what we did when we were kids. Oh, my gosh, it's so good. 
<laughs> and is there a big difference between, you know, the, uh, let's see, like steel cut oats versus, I guess, regular oats and quick cut oats? There is a difference. There is a difference. Um, pay attention to fiber because the fiber will um, control how fast it goes through your system. The more natural the product, the better it is. So I would say steel cut oats would be your first choice. Moving on down to um, just regular oats and then moving on down to the, the quick oats. Um, organic chicken or red meat? Okay, so I, I chose this because I know that, um, like I said, iron is important and so is protein because protein really are the, is the, um, the building blocks of your baby's cells. So if you are um, someone who eats, you know, chicken or meat, um, I, I, I just say try to go with grass-fed. Mm-hmm. Try to go with the most natural that you can. Avoid the antibiotics. Avoid the hormones. And, um, you know, just choose something natural. And uh, one quick recipe would just be to make fajitas mm-hmm. because then you've got, you know, a, a lot of great nutrients in the bell peppers and the onions and the garlic, um, cayenne. You, you know, if you make your own fajita mix, cayenne pepper is really, really good for you. Paprika is very good for you. And um, you can roll it up in a corn tortilla or a whole wheat tortilla with some avocado, and you've got a really solid meal. And a side of beans. And yeah. a side of beans, yeah. and you've got a really solid meal and potentially some <laughs> great pregnancy indigestion. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Now, I was curious, now when it comes to white meat versus red meat, you know, what's your recommendation on, on how often should we have red meat, and does it make a difference for pregnant women versus... You know, okay. the average person. I would say that, you know, trying to avoid saturated fats, um, maybe once a week, red meat. But but if you're doing grass-fed, it's going to be much lower in saturated fat. So, and, and you're not going to have those added hormones and antibiotics. So, yeah, I would say once a week would be fine. And um, as far as poultry, uh, you know, if it's organic, um, I know two to three ounces at least once a day would be fine. Okay. That I know for sure. What about like sandwich meat? So let's say you oh, get a really question. good. You were on the run and you want. Yes. Okay. That's a great question. So I would say choose a sandwich meat that is nitrate free. Um, you definitely want something preservative and nitrate free. I know Trader Joe's carries one. Boar's head meat. But you really want to avoid anything that has a lot of um, nitrates and chem- chemi- that's been highly chemically processed. And plus that that also plays into salt. Mm-hmm. So. Okay. And does that keep the meat fresher longer? Is that why they put yes. nitrates? Okay. Yes. Okay. Um, we did have a comment, and we've touched on this a little bit, but maybe we can go a little bit more in depth from one of our uh, Facebook friends. Katie says, I know eating chicken and other meats are good for you during pregnancy. However, I'm vegan. I can't get a lot of foods my OB, um, I, I can't eat a lot of foods my OB is recommending to me. Do you have any suggestions? Oh, sure, definitely. Um, it actually leads us into our 10th food. Perfect. Which would be um, beans and lentils. Uh, I always will suggest to somebody who's vegan to really up the intake of um, beans and lentils during your pregnancy. They're they're just such a good source of fiber and complex carbohydrates and protein. So they're really one of nature's perfect foods. Um, Now, a lot of pregnant women will look at me like I'm crazy when I suggest beans because they're like, do why do I need to increase the amount of gas on the input <laughs> outputting? It's so true. Okay, here's the thing though. If you soak your beans like for 24 hours, you'll get rid of what's causing the gas. No way. Yes. Mm-hmm. 
Yes. I speak from experience. Yes. I make at least two <laughs> pots of beans a week. Yes. Oh, yeah. my gosh. I do, I too. I do, too. And here's the thing. Also, if you're on a budget, so because cheap. a lot of people yeah. are on budgets, especially when they're pregnant, because they've got so many expenses coming up. Right. I can't believe sometimes, like, I'll buy a package of organic beans, organic black beans, and they'll be on sale for, like, $1.99. Yeah. And, you know, I was just curious. Now, um, I know here in Southern California, we have a lot of Mexican food, but I know there's a lot of other beans out there, The you know, I mean, like lentils and yeah. chickpeas and garbanzo and, and the uh, some of the other varieties. And yeah. Do you have any um, recipes that... Um, you like to, to share? Yes, I do actually. Um, a white bean Tuscan salad. Mm. Ooh, that does sound Cannellini good. Cannellini beans. Oh. Those are white beans. And they're also equally as good for you. I like to slow cook the cannellini beans, but you could do it in a pressure cooker. You could also follow the directions on the back. Or you could buy canned cannellini beans. And, um, and then I'll um, toss it with a little bit of pancetta, basil, olive oil, salt, pepper, tomatoes, cucumbers, and um, and then I'll make my own croutons. Wow. And it's really good. The pancetta, though, I got to admit, is kind of what gives it. Which <laughs> is probably not the best thing to eat. But you know what? A little bit will go a long way. And then, so you mentioned cans. Okay, yes. so I want to talk about that just briefly. I mean, what are we doing for convenience sake? Like we were saying, some of us, we're just busy. We're students, we're whatever. Um, if we buy not just beans, but whatever in cans or frozen, generally speaking, are we losing a lot of nutritional element to doing that? No. Not necessarily. In fact, with vegetables, um, they will take the vegetable, pick it, wash it, flash freeze it. Mm-hmm. And so the nutritional value can actually um, stay the same, no problem. Convenience matters to me too. And so I, I you know, all the foods I chose are, are pretty simple. And I often when I'm talking with people, I do become a little idealistic. But the truth is that a lot of times I will personally open a can of black beans and <laughs> feel absolutely no regret. Yeah. yeah. So been yeah. there. Good yeah. to know. Yeah. Good to know we're normal. Absolutely. Right. Yes. Well thank you. Leanne. the Oreos. No. Yeah. Right. <laughs> thank you, Leanne, for being here today. Um, again, we're gonna share some of those recipes on our website. So you guys be sure to look out for that. And if you guys have recipes that have helped you during your pregnancy, we would love to hear about them. You can share them on the episodes page for on our website or you can post them to our Facebook page or even share them through Twitter. If you are tweeting, be sure to use the hashtag PreggyPals so we can find it. And don't forget, this conversation continues for our members. If you want to get this great bonus content that's going to happen right after the show, be sure to join the Preggy Pals Club. Visit our website for more information. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. 
We have a message from one of our listeners. This comes from Kristen of Fort Collins, Colorado. Kristen writes, Hi, Sunny. Loved, loved, loved the episode on surrogacy. I've actually never thought about it as an option for me, but listening to your show has made me rethink the possibilities. My husband and I had some difficulty getting pregnant the first time, and for a while, we weren't even sure if we could have our own children. If that had been the case, we may have needed a surrogate of our own. Kristen, thank you so much for writing in. We love sharing all this information with our listeners. That wraps up our show for today. Did you know that our expert, Leanne, is our official fitness and nutrition expert for Preggy Pals? So what that means is you can send her your questions through our hotline, which is 619-866-4775, or you can even send us an email, and she'll answer it on a future episode. And as I mentioned earlier at the beginning of the show, be sure to check out the Preggy Pals Club for all of our archived episodes, transcripts, and special interviews, and you can learn all about it on our website, which is preggypals.com. Coming up next week, we are getting personal. We are talking about sex and pregnancy. Thanks for listening to Preggy Pals, your pregnancy, your way. This has been a new mommy media production. The information and material contained in this episode are presented for educational purposes only. Statements and opinions expressed in this episode are not necessarily those of new mommy media and should not be considered facts. While such information and materials are believed to be accurate, it is not intended to replace or substitute for professional medical advice or care, and should not be used for diagnosing or treating health care problem or disease or prescribing any medication. If you have questions or concerns regarding your physical or mental health or the health of your baby, please seek assistance from a qualified health care provider. Anatomy of an ad. Subconsciously trigger emotions through music. Perfect. Define an opportunity. Imagine talking to millions of people across the U.S. like I am now. Identify a problem. Creating an audio ad is time-consuming. Offer a solution. Utilize cutting-edge AI. Imagine creating all that in under 30 seconds. Well, we did to create this ad. To learn more about AI in the audio industry, download the white paper from audiostack.ai. Hey, mamas. Don't forget to check out Mighty Moms. It's our online community built for new moms just like you. Not only can you connect with other moms, but you can also join us backstage for special mom-only online events. And you'll also be notified when we're recording so you can join us as a special guest. Visit our website, newmommymedia.com, and click on the Mighty Moms banner. It's free. That's newmommymedia.com. See you there.